Welcome to episode 153 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Lovin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. This episode, we hung out with Jeannie Ngo. She's a designer at Airbnb. She's an illustrator. She creates lots of awesome nerdy things. And she's my kind of nerd. And it was wonderful talking. We talked about cartoons and we talked about Star Wars. And we talked about all sorts of things. Loved it. It's the best. It was a very fun episode. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, afterwards, let us know what you thought on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. Or if you want to chat about it in our Slack team. Join us at spec.fm slash slack. But for now, more importantly, here's the episode because I really liked it. Episode 153 with Jeannie No. I'm Jeannie No uh, of House No, first of her name, designer of Airbnb, queen of hobbies, maker of things, protector of the pizza, the unstarved. Oh my God. <laughs> um, Khaleesi of the couch, watcher of TV, player of video games, breaker of phones. And mother of Pidgeotos. Holy shit. <laughs> Strong intro. Thanks. Do you watch Game of Thrones? What what is uh, what is a Game of Thrones Thrones? Never yeah. mind. Throne you, games? You Throne wouldn't, games? You wouldn't get it. <laughs> uh, I love Game of that Thrones. That was great. That was thanks, such a fun intro. Thanks. How long did it take you to come up with that? Like at one fifteen earlier today. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, You I did have know. a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> I did. I was like, what am I gonna say? <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm going to be the next Stormborn. Wait, did you say catcher of Pidgeotos? I said mother of Pidgeotos. Mother of Pidgeotos. Yeah, because you evolve all the Pidgeys, you know? Ah, because I was going to say. Yeah. Pidgeotos are much rarer catch. Well, yeah. What about it's, Pidgeots? It's uh, Pidgeys, Pidgeotos, Rare and indeed, Bryn. Yeah. Rare indeed. <laughs> yeah, but you just evolved them. Yes, that's why I said I'm mother of Pidgeotos. Yeah, do you know how much it costs to evolve <laughs> to a Pidgeot, dude? <laughs> True. That's a waste. I mean, of I think it's Pidgey, like it's like level twenty seven or something. <laughs> Bryn hates Pokemon Go. Oh really? I really like Pokemon. Pokemon. I dislike Pokemon Go because I think it's a bad game. It is, but the nostalgia—it's like fueled on nostalgia. I'm on the same page. Yeah. Lazy opportunism. <laughs> it's uh, got me to walk. I walk. It's, walked it's every just day a rewrap of their other game, Ingress. This is true, but but I <laughs> I just want to catch them all, man. Thank you. That's all. Cool. That's all I want. Someone in Brooklyn apparently caught all 142 North American yeah. Pokemon. I saw, and I was like, there we go. There's my claim. I was like, oh, Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, well, I feel like your intro kind of said it all, so oh, I think we're done. Okay, thanks. But really, what are you working on right now? Man- many things. You mean at work or outside All of the work? above. You can interpret that question however you want. All right, all right. Uh, I am an experience designer at Airbnb, so working on the product. Um, I am on the host side of things. Um, so when somebody like rents out their place, I'm working on that experience as well as like how to maintain their listing. So I'm working on pieces of that experience, but yeah. Outside of work, let's see, I am a designer for this app called Romp, which is like a sexual like activity tracking app. Um, my friend heads it up and it's, uh, it's becoming a really cool app. And then I do a bunch of illustrations. Mm-hmm. So doing illustration work on my own time, doing a bunch of art shows. And then cosplay, co- mm-hmm. costume making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot of things. A lot of things. So what you're saying is you're busy. Yeah. yeah. I'm always out of time, I feel like. Like no time to do all the things. What? There's like a whole giant list too of more things that I, I do. I know that feeling. Yeah. But I kind of love it, right? Yeah. Like it's really energizing. It is, except for when you have like, I feel like it's it's like FOMO, but it's like achievement FOMO or like like you've decided to. Yes. <laughs> do you know what <laughs> I'm talking thing. about? Yeah. Yes. It's like, okay, I decided to do work on this thing and put this other thing on hold and there's this whole other world that's like going opportunity on. opportunity cost? Yes. It is, I mean, it is opportunity cost, but like the cost is like the train is continually moving on that side of the tracks, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I mean, it's energizing. I'm like, oh, I got to finish this. But like the other side, I'm like, oh, but I want to do that too. So how do you prioritize? So I've I've kind of gotten into the habit of like, okay, so this is my schedule for today, and then this is what I'm doing today, and a little bit of this, but whatever. Like, for example, I have an art show coming up, so that's probably more important, and I have to spend more time on this, but here's a little bit, a snippet of time that I'll practice on this other thing just to, you know, do it. Just because, yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Where are you from? Ooh, I'm from the exotic land of San Jose. <laughs> Oof. Holy shit. A whopping like hour and a half south. Yeah. <laughs> San Jose. Mm. So would you say you're a Bay Area local? 
Native? Native? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I'm born and bred in San Jose and then picked up and moved to Houston, Texas. Yeah. Why Houston, Texas? I mean, it wasn't my decision. My parents just kind of like, I like to say they misplaced my brother and I there. Um, but it was like financially more sustainable there. I think the more interesting story is my mom followed a monk over there. She's religious. Uh-huh. Yeah. Buddhist. Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why Why this monk and why Houston? I don't know. That's a good question. Are there a lot of Buddhists in Texas? Um, there's like a large portion of Vietnamese in Texas for uh-huh. sure. I mean, number one is San Jose. I mean, in the States. And then um, I think number three is Houston. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were 16 when you moved there? Yeah. Did you like it? N- no. I mean, I, I love l- Houston now, like now that I could visit. But when I was like growing up there, it was it was a tough change, I think. Yeah. I lived in uh, Texas for four years. Yeah. but and So college. The, like, two times I went to Houston. I just remember it being so fucking hot. Yeah. And like <laughs> humid. Yeah. Every day of the year. This is true. I mean, I love it there. The culture there is actually pretty cool now. Like the nightlife is really amazing. And I don't know, it, there's just like this, actually there's like a good design culture in, in Austin and Houston. There's this like cool, I want to say hipster, but not really hipster. It's like marketing, but it's like a cool aesthetic there that I really like. It's like pre-hipster. Pre-hipster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like very well. Pre-historic. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. That was good. good. Yeah. Brent's so proud. <laughs> I just don't know where to go from there. <laughs> I made a good joke. Anyways. That's a good one. You need to put that on like Urban Dictionary or something. Prehistoric. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, it is it is definitely hot and humid there for like 11 out of the 12 months, uh-huh. I feel like. But that one month. <laughs> yeah, is freezing. <laughs> they also have hurricane season, which is great oh, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, Sounds in the midst lovely. of crazy hot weather. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, growing up there... Um, was a little bit of a culture shock. Uh, we grew up, I mean, I grew up in San Jose, so it's like heavily Vietnamese American. And then I moved to Texas out, a little bit outside of Houston. So it was very much like Caucasian. Um, like It was like the movie Mean Girls. I felt like I was the outcast. Whoa. Yeah, it was like prep school city. You were the or... Lindsay Lohan in that case? No. Yeah, the Vietnamese Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> <laughs> basically. But I mean... Now, in retrospect, I mean, I appreciate going through all that because it it made me appreciate the culture that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, now I kind of recognize this balance between being Vietnamese at the same time of being an American. I'm I'm first gen American. Uh, my parents um, fled the war a long time ago, and they moved here and you know started a life here. And so I kind of embrace this my like my culture and my upbringing of like Vietnamese, but at the same time, you know, I'm growing up in America, so. I balance both. Right. Mm-hmm. When you were 16 and moved to Houston, were you into design at the time? Were you like yeah. making things? Yeah. Um, so I had started designing like maybe like 12, 13. Like, How did you, you know, start? Neopets. Yes. <laughs> Neo- Another one. We have, we <laughs> have one? like three common threads, yeah. I would say. One is band websites. Mm. That seems like the largest. Yeah. One is forum yeah, one is like signatures. forum signatures and graphics, and the third is Neopets. Neopets. As really? far as origin That's stories, awesome! Like I'm a Neopets designer. Ooh. Yeah, so. building your pet pages. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, like just let's see. You would see other people with pet page banners, uh-huh. and then you thought it was cool, uh-huh. and you would. I I think like I I downloaded Photoshop. I mean, I mean, I bought Photoshop legally. <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded Photoshop as a twelve year old. I purchased Photoshop. <laughs> With all my allowances of like a dollar and fifty cents, yeah, I remember just making those banners, downloading Photoshop, and downloading like a million brushes, and then like seeing people who had like snippets of HTML and like stealing those and like f- uploading it on uploading like images onto like GeoCities at uh-huh. the time or uh-huh. Photo Bucket. Uh, photo Bucket. That's what it was. I was like the imager of like two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> they, replacing. They could have been so great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is Photo Bucket still alive? Uh, good question i don't know um yeah i mean yeah just like playing around with the html and i remember having a pet page that like as you entered like the friends theme song would play (gasps) and marquees of like all the things that i'm selling yeah 
<laughs> God, the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> animated cursor and everything. So is that the first time you were like interested in making web pages? I guess. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I think I moved on to like GeoCities pages and like Zanga, like skinning. You upgraded. My, yeah, skinning yeah. Zangas and like. I remember Zanga. Yeah, skinning live journals, and I would enter those like live journal icon competitions. So it is kind of kind of like um the the um forum signatures i kind of yeah. did stuff like that yeah crossover yeah <laughs> so that's that's where i started i uh -huh. guess yeah what, so what were you working on when you ended up in houston a few years later i was doing that i mean <laughs> still see. neopets still mostly. Neopets. no i did a lot of like crowdsourcing competitions actually by that uh -huh. point um i was entering these crowdsourcing competitions just to make stuff just to like see if i could win win stuff or win some competitions and make some money um, so I was just making like logos and like email headers, I think. Um, yeah, and I and I think I won one of the crowdsourcing competitions, and then somebody reached out and was like, "So do you build websites?" And I was like, "Uh, yes." And he was like, "I'll pay you a hundred dollars." And I was like, "Uh, I'm gonna be rich." <laughs> yes, I will do it. Yes, <laughs> God, abusing teenagers yeah. that don't know what they're worth. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, I mean, I started building websites from there. Like, I mean, from those HTML snippets and, like, CSS snippets, um, I slowly started picking up HTML and CSS and then, like, would study all that, a lot of that a little bit more and, like, find out more and start building more stuff. And, like, I think from, like, skinning other people's Zangos and live journals, you kind of pick up how the, like, the markup language works. And then eventually it was just, like, building websites and refining. When, when did you realize that you could make a living, like, that that was a possible job path? I mean, I was building, like, websites and I was building, like, brands. And I started, like, I think building business cards. I mean, like, making business cards mm -hmm. for people. Um, and I even, like, did menus for some restaurants. Like, it was, like, word of mouth. I like, started, like, doing – first I started doing these things for free and then, like, a little bit of money. And then it, like, word of mouth started spreading and I would do stuff for other people. And then eventually it was, like, oh, like, this could be, like, a little bit of income, you know? Let's see, I graduated high school, and, like, at that time, my parents and I kind of had a falling out, and I kind of just left home, and I was, like, working three, like, waitressing jobs, like, two waitressing jobs and a hosting job, and on top of that, building websites, so, like, slightly freelancing. Um, so I was building websites for people, like, doing business cards, like, marketing assets um, for people, and, yeah, it, it just, like, slowly, like, I had slowly formed a portfolio from there. And started reaching out to agencies and stuff like that. While you were doing the three waitressing yeah, jobs? Yeah. How the hell, like, what was motivating you to then go home at the end of the day and make banners and I mean, and things like that? Making banners and, like, websites was, like, my bread and butter. But it was, like, hard to, like, sustain clients. It doesn't sound like a good thing. <laughs> it's my bread and butter. It's just, it's the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, um... At the end of the day, that was my favorite thing to do. I actually yeah. like could not sustain a waitressing job. Like I was there for like the free food. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I was, I, was I, I did the waitressing job for like maybe like six weeks at a time, like to go through all of the training, and like they would like make you like let you sample all of the food and, and like, like take something home. <laughs> and then after six weeks, when they like let you do your own thing, like throw you out into the world of waitressing on your own. I was like, nope, sorry, going going to interview somewhere else. Going to go train somewhere else. Bye. I really like this training period where I have no responsibility and <laughs> all the perks of money yeah. and free food. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I liked uh, making websites and doing all that stuff. So that's what I preferred to do. It's just at the time, I I was pretty much a pushover when it came to like business. And so like... When people would say a hundred dollars for a website, I'm like, uh, but a little, a little bit more. Oh, one twenty. Okay, I'll take it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't making me enough money to like sustain. So that's why I was doing multiple things. But is like what I love to do. Did you think about studying design I, or? I or did. That? I did. I mean, I wanted to go into like an arts degree of some sort. Um, but my parents didn't really like that. Wasn't really encouraged at home. Like, one of the reasons I had a falling out was that, like, they weren't very supportive of things that I wanted to do. They had, like, really traditional expectations of um, what they wanted my career to be. And, I mean, I respect them. Like, my parents and I are on really good terms now. Um, and I understand where they come from, um, their history and their struggles. And I understand that their advice to me and what they wanted me to do was all out of, like, trying to put me on the right path. 
But I mean, I disagreed with them and I rebelled a lot. Um, so it wasn't in the cards for when I was younger, um, but it was something that I was passionate about and continued to do on the side, you know, like my early side hustle, mm-hmm. as you would. Yeah. So you ended up not studying it at all? No, not so at all. So how are you learning and getting better? I mean, just from building these websites for other people, right? Yeah. So like even like as I went through college, um, I have a management information systems degree, which a lot of people end up doing like project consulting for like after they graduate. Um, so through that program, I actually would build these like companies' websites. So I would actually like have a portfolio by, by that time and like reach out to these companies and be hired or like would intern to do either marketing assets, like build their website. Um, so that's where I started, like continuously like build websites and then like learned WordPress yeah. in the same way that I would skin like Zangas and live journals. I learned how to do like PHP and like work on WordPress stuff. Yeah. So I would like make WordPress themes for companies and like you just keep learning from there. And I think like I never stayed long enough to in the way that startups work these days, it's just like constant iteration, right? Where it goes through its life cycle and then you take the learnings and like improve from there. Like I never stayed at a company long enough or like they never iterated long enough for for me to like have rebuilt and learn from there. But like from the different clients that I got, I learned each like business needs and what it was to build a website for this company and what they needed and what they needed to market. So yeah. Did you have a mentor at the time or like what was, what was the design scene like in Houston for uh, a college age person that's interested in this kind of stuff? Let's see. I didn't I didn't have a mentor at that time. I mean, let's see. I think also at that time I was interviewing a lot out here. I was dating someone out here, but I like since the day I moved, all I wanted to do was come back here. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> what I goals, did, yeah. yeah. So so what I did was I would fly back like almost every month to attend like design conferences, like AIGA, um, San Francisco Design Week, and I had like like not fabricated my resume i put um a google voice phone number that said that i was in the bay area and i would reach out to these companies but during that time let's see in school uh, wait can we pause on that why why was that important why was that important um i was constantly networking during that time and I, i wanted to tie this back to school was because um i was constantly leaving school in order to do this. And although I didn't have a mentorship, I always talked to my professors and told them the truth. Like, this is what I wanted my career to be. Like, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I love to do. And I know I'm not in class. I know I'm not attending a lot of classes, but I'm doing my work. I will promise you, like, I will, like, uphold good grades in class and I will always turn my homework in time, but I'm not going to attend a lot of classes. And I want you to know that I'm out networking in another state to get another to get a job. Yeah. And I hope that's okay. And a a lot of them, like, really understood and, like, cut me some slack. Some professors were, like, hard asses about it. Um, But I managed to come out here and network a lot. And, I mean, that's how I got, like... Um, I mean, I I cold networked and I got a job at PlayStation that way. Uh huh. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Let's get to that in a sec. So yeah, why this? Why have a Google phone number with the six five zero? Um, it was because like I was worried that companies would think that they would have to fly me out mm-hmm. and like which they would. <laughs> yeah, which they would, which they would now. But at the time, I was like, I don't know, man. I uh-huh. don't have a design degree. Um, I'm not in state. Like, what's the likelihood of them hiring me if? If I have all those things, you know, those like shortcomings. So I I faked that um, phone number and I f- like had my auntie's address so that I it would look like I'm in state. And so hiring me wouldn't be that bad. Right. Or like one one step closer. So that's that's why. I think it's interesting because I read people on Dribble tend to get more clients if they just change their location to San Francisco, oh. regardless of where they actually live. Mm-hmm. Just because all the companies here, if they're searching Dribble, that's what they filter by. Oh, interesting. Which is not ideal, but like whatever you got to do to have that first point of contact, and then you can negotiate like yeah, relocation definitely. and things yeah, like yeah. that, right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want that to stop them from looking at what I actually mm-hmm. did, right? I didn't want them to judge me by my location. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, PlayStation, a did. designer in Houston, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> ugh, ugh. Um, yeah, I mean. I made a lot of connections that through like going through these events that I like I, a lot of them I still like maintain and I still talk to a lot of these people and we've all grown up and like are in like the industry or in other industries that I'm interested in and it's nice to maintain those contacts. 
But yeah, I mean, the job that I got at PlayStation, I kind of networked my way there, but also like I lurked LinkedIn during that time also and like would cold email people through LinkedIn. How did that go? Yeah, it's like reverse of what people do now. Uh Um, During that time, like recruiters would leave their email in their like name profile information and I would use that information and email them like, hey, I'm Jeannie, like I'm a designer, here's my portfolio, I have like a resume ready to go. And I would just cold email them. And a lot of the times like no answer, no word, just like threw it in the dark. But PlayStation got back to me, and I I think I had spoken to someone at an event before, but I don't think this connected at all. But I had emailed someone, and they they got back to me, and it was really interesting. And I talked to them, went through the interview process, and got an internship there. How scientific were you about the cold emails? I think. What do you mean? Uh, I imagine, like personally, if I wasn't hearing back, mm-hmm. it would say like I need to try something else. Yeah. Like a different tactic for that email. I mean, all I, I think all I did was like, hey, I found you on LinkedIn. Like, uh, I also looked up like open positions uh-huh. and it was usually like a design position or yeah. a marketing position that I wanted to get. I was just curious if you found anything that worked, like anything that maybe helped catch people's eye and like triggered more responses than not. No, I don't think so. I just like reached out and was honest. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. And eventually PlayStation. Yeah, eventually PlayStation. It was nice. really cool. Yeah. How did they place you as an intern? I was in... Dev relations, but I was like a designer slash like webmaster at the time. <laughs> webmaster at place. Web intern, web development intern. Cool. Um, I was helping with. I think they were trying to come up with Bootstrap at that time for their um, developer relations like side of things. Okay, like a style guide. Yes, like a style guide. Because I mean, there's a, they had a really dated like developer website, um, and I think at the time they were just trying to yeah they were trying to find a like style guide for it. Um, but I mean, I did a lot of like weekly newsletter stuff, like small marketing things. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was nice. And like coding a little bit here and there, but mostly learning from everyone. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Cool. How long did you do that? I did that for, I think, six months. And then I think, I, yeah, I stayed on a little longer. I like talked to my professors like, hey, I know this wait, is Wait, like, wait, wait. This was while you were still in yeah, school? Yeah, I was still in school. Yeah. So you were going to school remotely or you were no, doing the I, internship remotely? No, I think it remotely? was, uh, so I was interning remotely. Holy shit. Yeah. And uh, I was interning during that summer, but it cut into school a little bit. And I talked to all of my professors that year. I was like, hey, so I'm going to be back like maybe a month. I don't know. Who knows? Um, Like, I hope it's okay. Syllabus week. I got the syllabus. I know we're studying. We're good. We're good. And? And I mean, they like eventually asked me to contract longer. And I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. I don't know if I'm like, I mean, I... I loved all the people that I met and I liked what I was doing, but I didn't know if that was like the thing I wanted to do at the time, like building dev relations stuff. Sure. Yeah. So when did when did you start looking elsewhere to do something else? Like the summer before my last year. So I had like after PlayStation, I think I had, I may be getting this out of order. Um, I had an agency job in Houston. So I did a lot of like marketing stuff in Houston. And like, I like that stuff too. But I wanted to be back here, and I was like, I could stay here and do the school stuff that I liked, but do I want to come back here, and what do I want to do if I want to come back here? To the Bay Area. Yeah, to the Bay Area. I have a background in, like, um, designing websites, but at the same time, I do have this marketing background, too, and I don't, like, at the time, there was no, like, UX degree. There's no, like, HCI. That wasn't, like, formed yet. And so, like, I had these two kind of different pads that I could have chosen from but I mean I had both of them but they weren't very clear at the time so I was just like okay I want something in that area and like at the time Facebook was growing Google and I reached out to all those companies actually but no one responded I think like I had also come back here and like dropped off my resume at like a bunch of offices I had like looked up design positions out here and I just like flew back out here dropped off my resume like hey can I speak to someone and they're like oh sorry they're busy you know like okay we'll pass this on to the right people and I never really heard back what did that feel like Uh, disheartening you know like discouraging but I was like this is where I want to be and how do you keep pushing through that would be so god discouraging Yeah. yeah yeah but I mean like even during that time I was still building websites for like clients here and there and I like like I was still doing like websites for corporate businesses in Houston. So like I was still making stuff and I was like, I don't know, man, like I'll just keep doing this and we'll figure it out. I'll figure it out eventually. Maybe it'll be time to turn tactics, but I just like was really stubborn about it and I just kept trying. Uh, let's see. I had met someone while at PlayStation, my roommate at the time, 
she was part of an MBA program, and her friend uh, ended up working at LinkedIn. And he reached out back to me and like was like, oh, hey, LinkedIn's looking for a designer. And I was like, yeah, I'm, like I'm interested. Um, and so I was like, here's my stuff. Like, feel free to like submit it, I guess. And I mean, this was part of all of the seeds that I had thrown out there and seen if anything had like made anything. Yeah. And, and LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn got back to me. It's a pretty good me. one. Yeah. It's a pretty good like, one. Like big tech products. Yeah. Like- cool yeah definitely but i mean at the time i was like man this isn't as glamorous as facebook i want to be with all the cool kids at facebook but i mean let's see i interviewed at linkedin and i thought i tanked i thought i tanked it because like i had left my social security like i had left my like portfolio on the plane um on my flight in I had like they also gave me a design challenge and I had all of this paper like I had drawn um, mocks and I put it all in this folder with my social security stuff and I left it on the plane. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize until the morning of my interview and I was like, oh, my God. And I stopped by like the San Jose airport and like TSA was like who's this kid like who lost all of her stuff and like um, they found my my um folder but then nothing was in it like not even my like and i was late to my interview and i was like frazzled like just people were waiting for me for my design challenge and i got there late and i was like oh my god here we go i have nothing to show (laughs) (laughs) let's move on yeah i was like so stressed out the entire day and i remember like one-on-one interviews and i remember like they gave me a design challenge and i knew i tanked it they had asked me some questions and i like did not think enough outside of the box and i knew it and at the very end of the day it's like my last interview with the director of design and i was just like defeated defeated at the end of the day and he came in and he knew and he like looked at me and he knew like how's your day i was like it's good you know like Awesome. Everyone's oh, it really was cool. uh, great. I'm <laughs> yeah. just crying inside. I know. <laughs> just in this corner like sobbing, but I'm okay. But he was like, no, let's cut the shit. Like, tell me how you really feel. And I told him, you know, like, I don't know if I did my best. Like, today kind of sucked and it just kind of spiraled out of control. And like, he cut it down to brass tacks. He's like, I don't know if the team thinks you're ready to join our team. They don't think you're experienced enough to join your team. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's that's okay. Like, do you have any advice? And he gave me, like, a lot of advice. He gave me, like, talk about um, your thinking through the process and, like, even if certain designs failed, like, the things that you worked on, like, how did they fail and what did you learn from it? So those things. Uh, he also talked about, like, tailoring stuff to your audience and know your audience when presenting and stuff like that. So he gave me, like, things to work on. And then at the very end, he was like, I don't know what the team will say. We're going to meet tomorrow or later after this. And... We're going to discuss if you're experienced enough to join the team. Um, if you are, we might, like, invite you to be an intern. Like, we may even think you're experienced enough to, like, join the team. And if not, it might not work out. But whatever happens, I'll call you in person and walk you through it. And so, like, he was my mentor for a really long time. Holy crap. Yeah. I feel like that's such a rare story yeah. based on what I hear from other interviews. Like, yeah. Like, someone just being honest with you. Yeah. And I, I honestly really appreciate it. And he's, like my mentor to this day. Like, I still look up to him a lot. Can you say who it is? We can look Yeah, his name is Steve Johnson. um, And he was the VP of design at LinkedIn. And I think he just moved on to Netflix, I believe. But yeah, yeah, he's a really cool guy. And he is very down to earth and has a great backstory, actually. I don't know if he would ever share it, but he's he's really cool and really honest. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, clearly honest. Yeah. I I would just love to know more about, like, how you took that feedback because sometimes... Quite often I hear like people just want the honest feedback, but they also have to take it in a certain way. Yeah, for me, at the time I was just like defeated all day, you know, like just like I knew that didn't went well, like didn't go well. And like knowing myself, I beat myself up for it a lot. Like I I knew where I could have done better. And like you like think about it in retrospect at the very end of the day and you're like, shit, this is what I could have done. And if only, if only I could have done that differently, you know. But, like, the honest feedback was helpful because I knew what to do next instead of, like, counting all my mistakes. It was like, okay, here's here's one good thing. You learn this. You learn this, and this is how you take it to the next one. And, like, I think I cried after that. Like, I was just like, man, I tanked it. But, like, the weeks after, I I kind of recovered and was like, okay, 
this is the tactics of what I do need to do next. These are the next places that I throw resumes at. We'll see what happens, you know, just like keep going, just keep trying. Like the mistakes you made, you learn from your failures and then you take it to the next one and you just keep going. I mean, I appreciated his feedback and um, he ended up calling me like a few weeks later. I was really nervous. I think it was this. I, I think I remember something like this. Bad news, like we can't like take you on as a like full-time um, employee yet, but we would love to welcome you as an intern. And I was like, awesome. Dope. Yeah. Uh, and I graduated early and I actually moved out here on just an internship. Whoa. Yeah. Paid internship. Yeah. Paid internship, though. That was good. That helps. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have to like fake my address. They actually like, flew me out there. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> They're like, wait, you're in Houston, but why does all our information say you live here? Yeah. You're like, like your uh, profile says <laughs> California, but we can see that you're in Houston. Yeah. Uh, I'm a liar. <laughs> Yeah. Internship they never, revoked. <laughs> yeah. They never, I don't know if I ever had to like explain myself or anything like that. Luckily. Yeah. yeah luckily. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So you left school early? Does I did. That, I mean, does that I mean, you didn't graduate? I mean, I graduated. I finished like a semester early. Oh, you just, yeah. yeah pieced. Like packed a semester and then dipped out. I mean, yeah. There were these like APs of college tests that you needed to. to just like get a passing grade. And I did all of them. And then I got out a semester early. Holy shit. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then you finally, your dream came true. You made it back. Yeah, I made it back. I mean, my manager at the time waited until the very last day of my internship at LinkedIn to tell me I got the job. So I was like, oh, my God. How long was the internship? <laughs> it was, I think it was three months. Yeah. And the last day. Made you, you sweat it out. Like, yeah. you right still down didn't the wire. know what you were, oh, man. Yeah. Like, end of the day, like, on Friday. Yeah. So, Actually, the let's week, talk about this job. <laughs> the week before, he was like, I don't know if you can cut it. Like, he pulled me into a room after a presentation, and he was like, I don't know if you can cut it as a full-time employee. And I, like, bawled my eyes out. Holy I, like, shit. was so bummed. And then he, like, apologized. And he was like, no, I'm sorry. I take it back. But he waited a couple days later. Hang on, hang on. Let me think of a better way to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like, but yeah, like a week later, like very last day, I was like, like I had like readied interviews with other companies and I was like, all right, here we go. That's the interview process again. Um, But they waited until the very last day and they gave me the offer and I was like, thank goodness. Yes, I will take it. Thanks, you jerks. Yes, please. (laughs) I'd love to stay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Didn't send you like 30 notifications saying LinkedIn wants to connect with you on LinkedIn. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, No, I wish. That would have been helpful. That would be the only time that I would have welcomed those notifications. This is the best email from LinkedIn ever. (laughs) And the only good one ever. Sorry. Uh, you've had, we can cut that if you don't want me to No, it's okay. Excellent. It's okay. They know. Have you seen the, that, um, meme, not meme, I guess, but this, somebody created this thing that I found on Reddit when Microsoft bought LinkedIn and it was like, oh, I got to beta test the new LinkedIn. Um, and it's like LinkedIn on top of like, uh, Microsoft Word with Clippy <laughs> on the side that says like my like da, 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 wants to join your professional network and then there's like Xbox notifications <laughs> and, like Windows Music playing. <laughs> this is like a montage of things. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, so that's two people that have been. It sounds like brutally honest with you about how you're doing. Mm-hmm. Have you carried that forward? Do you like that approach? Yeah, I'm an open book. If you ask me anything, I'll answer. And like I'm, if a younger designer needs your feedback do you yeah hold, do you hold I, punches yeah i um like let's see i welcome like anyone that wants to reach out about their portfolio and i do tell them like hey i'm gonna be honest with you i mean i try to frame it in a way where it's like positive you know like that it's constructive not like mm-hmm. oh your website sucks no i would never say that um like type it delete it reframe <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> let's be positive uh, this is these are the things i want to say say over messenger so it's just three dots forever <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What like, is she going to say? <laughs> That's a rookie move, I think. You just like put it into notes and then yeah. you type all that you want to say and then you paste it. Yeah. That's, That's how right. you do it. Yes. So the anxiety <laughs> of waiting for those three dots. That's <laughs> messenger hilarious. Pro, messenger pro tip. <laughs> yeah. Do not sit there and type the whole yeah. thing. The no, reason, I'm going to do it for a long time. I'm just then. terrified <laughs> of let it sit for five minutes and then said. <laughs> asshole. I'm just terrified of hitting enter on accident. So I oh. always compose like yeah. anything that has any degree of importance. I'm like notes, copy yeah. paste. Yeah. yeah, same, same. Maybe I'm just paranoid. What if you copy wrong and then paste something else and hit enter? I've too done quickly? that. Also I've terrified done of that. that. <laughs> also terrified of that. So you got the job. Yeah, it's awesome. 
What were you working on? What, or like, yeah. Oof, I worked on many things. <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that was a good question. <laughs> um, I was there for three years. Uh, as an intern, I worked on, let's see, payments, and I worked on LinkedIn Premium. So paying for LinkedIn, what was that like? And how do you get people to pay for LinkedIn? After that, let's see, I'm trying to remember all the things that I went through. I, I worked f- on Pulse, which is a LinkedIn acquisition of a uh, news feed, I guess, um, like newsreader. So I was, I- I remember using Pulse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was the first person to be the crossover on their team. So I worked on that and like how to integrate Pulse with LinkedIn. And it was kind of like a weird transition just because like they had their own identity, but how do we like tie LinkedIn? How, do, how do we link it into yes, LinkedIn? Yes, yeah, good one. <laughs> um, it was just right there. Yeah, nice. I, I'm normally really good with puns, but not on the spot. But... Beware of a pun match with this guy. Ah, maybe one day. <laughs> you will be aware. <laughs> it's better when I'm on Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I spent all my energy on a Khaleesi or like Daenerys Stormborn. Yeah, that was, that was strong. Entry. That was strong. <laughs> entry, yeah. There goes all of my wordplay. But... Khaleesi sounds... of the couch. Yeah, Khaleesi of the couch. That was my favorite one. Protector of the pizza. That's yeah. a good one, too. The unstarved. Yeah, the unstarved. Instead of unburned. Oh, yeah. I thought so it was good. unsullied. Unstarved. That's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, up until then, it sounded like you'd been working on sort of website marketing, branding, logos. Yeah. And then at LinkedIn, they actually moved you to product stuff like yeah, yeah. payments and uh, pro and now pulse. Yeah. So um, when I got there, they told me I was very good with like visuals. They knew that I was strong on visuals, but like experience in product design was definitely very new to me. So they did want to transition me to like thinking about product. And my background, I can definitely say like at that point, I just like jumped into designing stuff. And that's not really like these days, that's not how you do it, right? Like you kind of sit there and sketch things out, like think about the entire experience and like the entire flow before like I th- the visual stuff comes at the very end, right? Um, and that's what they were teaching me through my internship. And then like full-fledged as a product designer but I was an associate at the time or like a junior designer so they were still like teaching me and like um walking me through all of that stuff so yeah do you have tips for someone making that same transition like they have the ability to use the tools and like make things but Mm -hmm. moving from more marketing website to product I think as a very visual designer or like visually strong designer I am very like eager to get to like get to the like pixels and like the the aesthetic of it all, and I I really love that part. But um, now I have like a huge respect for sitting down and thinking about the problem, thinking about like like what are we trying to solve, who are we trying to solve it for, like the basics of it all, right? And like the business objectives and all of the constraints that you have. Um, so like not only from the user side, like this is the audience you're trying to tailor for. And sometimes it differs from, differs from like the business aspect. For example, like LinkedIn Premium is like trying to get people to pay for LinkedIn, but the users want like these things for free. So what, like, how do you uh, market it to them, and how do you make it like worth paying for this, right? So you kind of have to think about the psychology of getting them to do something like that, right? And then you think about um, like you think about the overall flow of like how they interact with like this page or this feature you go through all of the iterations and you like ask other people what they think and then like collaborating with other people and getting their perspective from it, like on it. And this is like pretty much user research as well, right? So you go and ask like actual users and sometimes you don't have that to your advantage. So you might just ask other people and just kind of think about it in different angles. So you have like the problem like kind of figured out and sketched out. And then that's when you like start putting in the aesthetic stuff. But the other thing Pixel Party. Yeah, Pixel Party. It's never going to be perfect. Like these are always going to be like Mm-mm. your aggregated assumptions for the time being, right? So like this is your proposed solution for the problem problem you're trying to solve. But this is the proposed solutions based on the people that you've talked to, the like your problem solving and your thinking of like the audience at the time too. Um, and all of these things will change, but it's your best proposal and best solution and like even like a hypothesis to a potential potential solution. And then you build that and then it goes live and then testing happens all over again and you come up with the problems again and you do it all over again. So like, these are all the things that I learned. Like, <laughs> do it all over yeah. again for the rest of your life. Your yeah. Life, your life. Yeah. 
I think that's also like a metaphor for life too, right? You do everything all over again. You do it all differently. Uh huh. And just and save the pickles for last. Yep. What? Save the pickles for last? <laughs> pickles. Ugh, I'm not pixels. a pickles. Pixels. Oh, okay. I'm not a pickles person, but I'm not a pixels, pixels person. A pixels? You're not a pixels person? No, a pickles person. I'm not a pickles person. Oh. He's bare minimum pixels. Ah. Yeah. I just like white screens with black text and. Maybe some borders and stuff. Mm. No pixels. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So you're at LinkedIn for three years. Yes. Three years is a long time. Yeah. At a company, especially in Bay yeah. Area, and especially living cycles. in San Francisco and having right. to commute to Mountain View every right. day. Oof. Can you talk about a little bit about like what happened there at the end when I mean, you started to think about your next step? Yeah, I think like at the time I was getting fatigue on the stuff that I was working on. The The biggest thing that was holding me back was I loved the family that we had. But at that time, like the company was growing really big and I didn't know if I was making an impact on the things that I wanted to, like the things that I was working on, you know, like I felt like a medium sized fish or like a small fish in a small pond or like a medium-sized fish in a medium pond, like not too big of a fish. And I didn't know if I was making it. <laughs> The point being, I wasn't a big fish. Yeah, the point being, I wasn't a big fish. Um, so that's that's how I felt. And I mean, I was looking at other companies and like what I wanted to do. And I, I love product design. And I felt like the process at LinkedIn, like there were so many designers that I felt like my voice was being diluted a little bit. Mm. And I wanted to like work at a smaller company with a smaller team. So that way I could like, you know, be working more on the front lines. I think when I left LinkedIn, it was like 90 designers. So it was like a lot of people. So I was looking at Pinterest and Facebook and Google and like Google has a giant team. So I <laughs> I wanted a really small, <laughs> tight knit team. So, so uh, Google, <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, I mean. Pinterest is pretty small though. Yeah, Pinterest is definitely small. I looked at Airbnb, um, Ticketfly, uh, a bunch of like tech companies here. How did you evaluate? How did I evaluate? Did you have a system for saying this company is good for good and bad in these ways? And this like company seems chill. Comparing <laughs> and contrasting. Did you matrix your options? Um, did you matrix your options? Yeah. I'm not a, I'm a terrible spreadsheets person. Cannot spreadsheets for my life. Cannot like <laughs> matrix anything. You can add that to your intro. <laughs> terrible spreadsheeter. I have to think about that. How it to is add known. it in there? Yeah. I mean, I did the whole resume throw out there, like cold reaching out to people again. Like at Airbnb, I reached out to them. Facebook, same. Google, same. And I like spoke to all of them, interviewed with all of them. Um, Pinterest, the same. I continued to go to these networking events, even at LinkedIn. I, I would always go to these design events and like network with people and make connections. And I knew that they would come in handy eventually. So. But did, how did you evaluate? So you have like these oh, five places and you um, ended up choosing had, one of them. Yeah. Through these connections, I uh, made friends with people at these companies. So I like, I would talk to the like friends and see what the culture is like and what the design team is like. Um, and they were very similar, you know, like, but I think the age range was a, a little younger and the teams were a little smaller or just understanding the inner workings of the team was nice. And then I also assessed if I used the product, right? So I used Facebook, Google and Pinterest and Airbnb and Ticketfly also. So um, I decided to interview with all of them. Yeah. Do you have advice for people who are bad at networking or uncomfortable networking and want to be better? So I'm very awkward in person as much as I like seem what? to be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would never have guessed <laughs> and I'm not being sarcastic. I, I like to make jokes when I'm nervous and I like puns and I like like crazy intros like that. Anytime I was at a design event, people would say like, oh, so what do you do? And everyone there obviously is a de designer. So I would say I'm a magician. And I learned <laughs> one trick with my business card to like flip it out of my hand. And I made business cards to actually fit in my hand so I could palm it really fast. But yeah. I, Everyone's like, okay. 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 Um, and my, my best friend who is a recruiter would always come with me and I would also introduce her as uh, my magician's assistant, but really she was there to kind of like poach people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I always liked being strange and I didn't know if I was good at networking, but like the, the business card trick got me to like hand out business cards and people were like, ooh, business card. What was on your business card? I magician. Think it said, magician. <laughs> Pixel magician. No, it said, um, I think I still go by it. I think like I don't go by it, but I still follow the mantra of like Jane of all trades. I never said master of none though. Cause I can't really, I don't really want to say that, but Jane of all trades. Cause I did so many things. 
Master of Web? I don't remember. <laughs> that would have Master worked. of Fun. Master of Fun. <laughs> anyway, so you have a, a lot of side projects. Yes. Wait, wait, hang on. Okay, <gasps> what? We just got to say where you ended up. So oh. where did you end up? Airbnb. <gasps> and we've come full circle. That tiny, yeah. tiny design team. Okay, so you always had a side hustle coming up. How does that factor into your day-to-day now? Um, so by day, I'm a designer at Airbnb. By night, <laughs> I'm not going to go through another spiel. Um, I do a lot of... <laughs> I also prepared this beforehand. Please <laughs> present this as a title uh, from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Thank you. Let me get out my note card. Uh. <laughs> um, this is actually my Twitter bio. The, like the Khaleesi thing is new. I might just switch it to that. I kind of like it. Um, but uh, I do a lot of illustration work these days that I've only recently started doing. Um, and it's rad. Thanks, the Cheshire Cat thanks. and the yeah, yeah. the Star Wars poster. Yeah, thanks. And I, the T-shirts, the fucking Power Rangers shit, and the oh, War Boys. What? And, you oh, at that. my God. Thanks, thanks. We yeah. actually I'm do such a big up. pop culture nerd. <laughs> like, oh, I love it so much. Dude, I'm working on a whole bunch. I just, like, have no time. Opportunity costs all, like, all over the place, yeah. But, yeah, I, I love pop culture, and I love doing illustrations for it. Let's see. Recently, like while I was working on the Cheshire Cat stuff, so I I was invited to do an art show in L.A. for um, Disney's Through the Looking Glass, and they asked me to do like a character or like do something from like the movie or like anything about Alice, right? So the Cheshire Cat is actually my second piece. The first one was Alice in Wonderland. Uh, oh, sorry, Alice and the Queen, and mm-hmm. it was like it's like a playing card, right? Yeah, it was like a playing <laughs> card. But in the midst of working on that, I found out about aphantasia or aphantasia and what that really was. Yeah. yeah. And what's aphantasia? Aphantasia is when um when you don't have a mind's eye and Blake Ross of I think Firefox and yeah. I think he's You a, can't like picture a thing in your head. Yeah. Kind of you can't picture things in your head. And I found out I had that the midst of drawing this thing. How did you find out? Um somebody posted it on Facebook. Yeah, that's yeah. how I f- found out about it. Too. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I had always known that I had it. While I was doing this, I was like, okay, I've never I've never drawn a person before. Like I was like doing this from reference, like looking at references how to draw like a face. And then I got to hair and I was like, oh my God, I've never drawn hair before. And I was like, oh my God, I gotta look at how hair is done. And then I was like, oh my God, I don't know how lights and shadow work. And I had to look up how lights and shadow work. And then I had to look up how clothes work. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> how do clothes like, work? How huh? do I even draw? And then I found out this and I was like, I found out about aphantasia and I was like, this is the reason why I don't see stuff in my head and I have no recollection of how to do all of these things. Um, and so I have to study how they work in order for me to like fabricate this image based on like facts that I know. So yeah, the art project itself actually got, um, the first one actually got declined by Disney because it looked too close to the actors and they didn't have time for actor approval, which is why I ended up with the Cheshire Cat one. But interesting story about that project. How does having aphantasia affect like your day-to-day as a designer? Because even with my eyes open, I can visualize in my head the way a screen might look or the way a transition might look. And if you can't do that, like how do I you have actually... expectations visually in my head for what a, a system would look like. Right. Or even if it's blurry, you can still envision like components or like uh, a wireframe or something like that. Like I generally want these things to be like this and I can see it all in my head. So, I, I mean, I don't see stuff in my head, but that doesn't mean, like, I can't concept stuff in my head. Like, I know how things work, and I know how things feel. Like, all, it's like it's like all of my, like, all of the other senses kind of, like, um, replace my You're daredevil. Sight. Yeah, I'm like daredevil, where uh-huh. everything makes you're, up for it. Your mind daredevil. <laughs> yes. Everything else just makes up for it, so I'm still able to do that stuff. So, like... I'm very good at um, breaking down how things work when it comes to design. So like, and I mean, looking at pictures and stuff too, when I, when it comes to drawing, when it comes to like designing products, like I know facts about like how people work and how people interact with things and like how people have interacted with the product and what they expect. Um, And then when it comes to like individual design components, you know, things about like, you know, pros and cons of each component, right? Um, You know, like font sizes that work on mobile that are like preferred and you know like whether legibility of serif versus sans serif like you know all these things that are like practices and then you kind of put them on the screen and then you test whether or not it works right like when it comes down to it even when it comes to designing it doesn't matter if you have it in your head when you put it down on paper yeah yeah it it, matters a lot more how it actually turns out yes so and i love that it, it sounds to me like it forces you to think about 
like the logic of decisions mm-hmm. rather than a visual or perhaps even more emotional view. Like you yeah. can create an emotional story by visualizing these things like, oh, yeah. it's going to be beautiful and perfect. But if you're following a system of logic, you might end up with an even better solution. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, I mean, there is emotional components to it, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to think about what creates this emotional experience, right? And I have to break down like why it's like that. I yeah. can't visualize something that will do that. So I have to think about all the things that could do it visually and then I will build it and see if it feels the same way, um, which is quite interesting. So how do you come up with these compositions that are highly conceptual for like all this pop culture side stuff or cosplaying or whatever? Like how do you figure that stuff out? So the interesting thing is like, I think everyone takes inspiration from things they've seen, right? So like, I I mean, I'm still the same way. Like I take inspiration from things I've seen, like like movie scenes that I love or like compositions of posters that I love. And like through time, you just kind of like register these things. I think you register it visually, but I kind of have to take it down by fact. Like I know- I remember that this was awesome. So I'm gonna go get it again. Like the Kylo Ren scene I loved because it was like dark and moody and I like can evoke that mood like internally. Like I know what that felt like and I know the facts of why I felt that way, right? Because it was just like- purely lighting and silhouettes and that's what I convey in my artwork as well so like I know these things that make up that image and that's why how I'll do it Um, like perspective shifts in movies I love that but there are certain things that I I would have never known to do that I kind of have to learn and figure out how it works and then do it I was taking this class uh, by Ash Thorpe I don't know if you guys know I know Ash he does the collection podcast too yeah he um is known for his like futuristic UI stuff. I was taking his class and the class itself was for cinema and I've never done anything with film before and I don't know how to compose things with film. And I remember I was struggling through his class because like this has to be in the perspective of film and I'm so used to 2D. And I was having a hard time because I was like, I have no idea how to picture this. Like, and, and I was asking my boyfriend, I was like, how should I compose this? I was like, you're a filmmaker. And at this time, I didn't even know I had a Fantasia yet. So I was, he was like explaining it to me and, and he was like, can you see it? Don't you see it? And I was like, I don't know what you mean. Like, I can't see anything. Like, I know you see it, but I can't see it. Like, how, like we had to draw pictures and show it. But like, I eventually learned that cinema is like a whole new field for me and like the way that they do perspective there and like storytelling through perspective is something I've never actually really looked into. And so now it's like opened a whole nother field of like these are the things that I study and like explore and research in order to apply that to art and design that I'm working on. Are you an artist or a designer? I feel like people have qualms about both terminologies. Like they're like, oh, you're an you're an artist. Um I like to say I'm both. Yes, and say why not both? Yeah, I wanted to ask a provocative question and see how she answered it. Is uh, that provocative? I, I said queen of hobbies, Evoc. maker of things. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So you avoid the question completely. Yeah. I think that's fine. I can say it with like sarcasm and see how people respond. I am an artiste. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> like okay sure <laughs> yeah right and you have an art show coming up though right yeah so i have a couple but my latest one will be um, a kurt russell art show uh my friends and i have a conversation of is he the new like old man badass in in movies these days like let's see um what's his name clint eastwood Clint Eastwood like has reached the hill. He's like real old he's, now. He's gone. He yelled at a chair on stage. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's past the old man badass part. Yeah, he's- we have this like round robin for who like contenders for the badass old man title. But we're doing a Kurt Russell art show. I think at Public Works on August twenty seventh. Cool. And I have an art art piece coming up in there. Yeah. Can you talk about what it is? Um, I have two. I'll talk about one of them. So one of so it's not hopefully this comes into fruition. I don't know if like I've never worked with like laser cutting before, but hopefully it'll work. What? Yeah, what? Yeah, it's so it's original artwork, so it doesn't have to be a print. And it doesn't have to be Kurt Russell himself, but it's anything that Kurt Russell has touched. And I love Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen the movie. Yeah, it's awesome. But James Hong, who is the the voice of like Poe in Kung Fu Panda, and he plays like the clipboard wheeling guy in Mulan. Um, he is this like old man, crazy dude in like Chinese folklore in this movie. And he he has like weird, crazy powers. And it also like, it's like this most like crazy 80s movie. Um, but he like shoots like laser beams out of his eyes and his mouth. 
<laughs> and I am doing <laughs> an image of him, but hopefully I'm going to laser cut him and then put LEDs all around his face. That's like, awesome. Very 80s. And then like around his mouth and his eyes. So it's like. <laughs> Dope. Yeah. Awesome. And when's that art show? Or like how could people follow along to see that? I will tweet about it and any other art shows. But yeah, it's on the 27th of August. Uh, we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we like to ask at the end is what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? All the things that I can't do <laughs> that I want to do. Right. And I'm trading it for sleep right now. Yeah. Sleep's overrated. Yeah, I know. It's Sleep <laughs> is for people without hobbies. It'd be awesome. pretty rad to just cure sleep. I tried that. No, no, no. Like for real, for real. Uh-huh. Not like I take weird naps. The Dude, other way I, is to have sure. clones to do all the things that I want to do. You could have a, And then one of the clones could sleep for me. What if you could just like have clones and like prestige them? Like you just Yeah, you just shut down one clone at the end of the day. <laughs> reproduce. Uh I like the uh the her thing. You know the movie Her? Yes. Like where uh her's just like, Oh yeah, by the way, I just did all your email and like organized it and categorized it and uh, prioritized it for you. Like while he was sleeping. Just, yeah. Cool, that's pretty Helpful. I think I've reached the point of like conceding all of the things that I need to do. Like, Muntry will cook for me. So I have my laundry done. I mean, I, it's all the things that like, you know, I should do myself, but like, I have like zero time between like work and the art show stuff that I'm working on and whatever other hobbies I've decided to do and all the TV that I want to watch. The video <laughs> I have this conversation all the time. It's like, these things sound luxurious to have people do stuff for yeah. you but my time is better spent on other things. Right, right. It's like, well, you pay for more time and that's really like the expense. Yeah, it's like I'm paying for extra time. Yeah. And that's where I've decided to concede. Awesome. How can people uh, find you online? Twitter. We'll link. Um, my website. Uh, I stream on Twitch or I'm starting, or I'm really? trying to stream again on Twitch. What yeah. are you streaming? Video games or creative work? Creative work. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Me so, too. It's super fun. Yeah. I used to do it uh, before and then weird people on the internet. Yep. Ruin and, everything. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, I'm going to pause. And then I like did the art show stuff and I was like, oh, I have no time to like narrate. Um, but I'm starting up again. Hopefully if by telling this through podcast, I it will motivate me to do it more. Right? <laughs> um, but I'm trying to do it Tuesday, Thursdays. Oh, uh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Twice a week. You need three a week for partnership, they say. Oh, really? Yeah. I, so, is that the trick? Yeah. So I follow a couple of people that do it. So Alex Grenling is really mm-hmm. cool, and he started it a while ago. Um, and Ash Thorpe is starting to do it, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. He, and he, like, is really responsive um, to, like, questions and stuff. So yep. it's really cool to see other people's process, mm-hmm. especially in, like, different creative fields because you get to see, like, process that is very similar to your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like watching people stream. But, yeah, I'm starting to stream again. Have you watched Justin Mezzles? I have. That one's really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexa Grafera draws emoji. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Letter Shop is also really awesome. Yeah, so Letter Shop, Justin Mezzel, and Alex Grenling have like all talk to each other. They and like, cross over. Yeah, they cross over a lot. And I think they are like they were in talks about a like TwitchCon panel. Interesting. Yeah. And I had been following all three of them like for a while now. And like I started doing like streams because of them because mm-hmm. I saw how cool it was to talk to strangers on the internet while yeah. making stuff and talking about how you do this stuff. Um, that I really wanted to do it. So I started up and then now I'm starting up again. Awesome. Cool. What, what's your Twitch username? Go Genie N. So it's an anagram of my name, but my Twitch channel, I, I mean, my Twitch stream channel title, I don't know, is called I Stream of Genie. Nice. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's pretty A+. cool. A plus. <laughs> Brent approved. Yes. Awesome. Thank Thanks you for so coming much on. for hanging out. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. That was 153. I think that was the most we ever talked about Star Wars in an episode and Pokemon and cartoons. We hope you enjoyed listening. Always hit us up on Twitter with feedback, suggestions, ideas, critique. Uh, our handle is at Design Details FM. If you want more podcasts, want to listen to more nerdy shit, if you want to learn about design development, we have more podcasts on the Spec Network. That's at spec.fm. Shows about iOS and Android and design and development and Q&A with Bryn and Sam Sofis on Immutable. So if you want more podcasts, check that out at spec.fm. And we'll see you next week with Irina Block.